1: You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our
3: partner.
1: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace.
4: How many dead bodies? How many victims will it take literally getting gunned down on the street before the serial killer stalking Albuquerque is stopped? How many families will mourn their loved one? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Series XM 111. First of all, take a listen to
5: this. In New Mexico, a community in terror, fearing a possible serial killer is on the loose and gunning down Muslim men after a string of what authorities are calling targeted killings across Albuquerque. Police now on the
6: hunt for this vehicle. If you see a dark colored four-door sedan, uh, Volkswagen, Passat or Jetta, we encourage you to call the police. That
4: is a Freshly developed lead, a sixth generation Jetta, we believe, in a charcoal or dark gray color with New Mexico tags, has become prominent in the search for a serial killer. You were just hearing our friend Aaron McLaughlin at the Today Show joining me is an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. But as it stands, there are four shooting victims whose cases have gone unsolved and unavenged as the family stands by wondering why. Who, you may ask, are the victims? Are they dope dealers out on the street? No. Are they miscreants of some sort? Are they fleeing a crime? No. One of the victims had just gotten his master's degree and wanted to change the world by entering community relations and politics. One ran a business with his brother. His brother says, now my life means nothing without my brother. We came here for the American dream. And he was gunned down in cold blood. One victim had just left the funeral of another victim. Pure hate. Is the motive in these killings? I don't have to prove a motive, but I don't have to search very far. All these men, sons, brothers, dead. And the case is cold. With me in all star panel to make sense of what we know right now. But first, I want to go to a very special guest joining us. It is Muhammad Hussein. This is Afzal Hussein's brother. Sir, thank you for being with us. Thank
7: you so much for having me.
4: It hurts me that you would even thank me. Yeah, it is very painful. It's really my honor having you on, and I'm praying for an answer. Tell me about the moment you learned your brother, Afzal, had been killed. This is very painful
7: you know our whole life was built on our brother he was a pillar of our family he was a rising star of our community he was a student leader he was a community organizing organizer he worked wherever he go he went to university and he touched many hearts he became student leader at university of mexico he was president of widget student union Second Muslim in 150-year history of University of New Mexico. Hold on,
4: I wanna, I wanna let that soak in. He was the second what?
7: He was second Muslim student leader in the 150-year hist- history of University of New Mexico.
4: You know, Mr. Hussein, you're really striking a chord with me because you know my parents didn't get to get a college degree, and. They were convinced, you know, since we were little, if you, you know, can go to college, everything will be fine. And we worked our whole way through college, law school, grad degree, the whole time. And somehow thought that doing that would change our future. And I believe it did. And I'm thinking about your brother Going through school, I believe, didn't he get his master's degree? He got his master's degree, and after that,
7: uh, briefly working for Melanie Stansbury, he, he uh, joined his job as a city planner and was promoted to director planning in the city of Espanova. And he was very happy that he, he said this is the city which has potential to grow, a city between San Fe and Los Alamos. He said, I am working hard for the development of infrastructure studies for working on different projects. He was very ambitious to make the city where he worked progressive, developed, and more advanced.
4: Mr. Hussain, is just striking me that he was doing Everything right above and beyond to ensure success and a good life for him and your family. When did you learn he had been killed?
7: Oh God, that was very painful because he came from office around seven o'clock and I and kids and he were here. And around nine fifty 9.50 or nine fifty five he got a call and he just stepped out of the apartment and his wallet and his keys were here. We thought that he's just outside for a call. We didn't know that he got shot just after five minutes. But we we didn't call. After a couple of hours we called nine one one and asked this is my brother, his phone is not responding and they confirmed that your brother got shot. And I just had "Shocked? Yeah, he's deceased. That was really painful. Life fell apart. I so thought he was a pillar of our family. He was a rising star. What happened to him? He said, no, we can't tell anything. We'll tell you tomorrow. So, so far, we can confirm the appearance that you provided, our ID provided. Your brother is deceased. Who oh, did that? Why did that? Why did someone wanted to take his life? But what was more horrible when I went to medical examiner to ask about the autopsy report odd people who live around where he was get killed. He was killed multiple multiple shots. He was killed from different directions. He was ambushed, someone waiting for him in the corner where he didn't have time to escape. and he, when he escaped, they shot him seven, eight, ten 10 times with different weapons. A handgun was used, medical examiner said, and a rifle was used. He said, gentlemen, a top seat board. I said, do you have a top seat board? He said, you will not have the patience to read that top seat board. It's horrible. Whoever wanted to kill him, they wanted to finish him. So that was a thing which created horror in my mind that there is someone who has that extreme hatred against him that they don't want him to breathe. The guy who lived in front of the front of house where he got shot, he came outside, he said, after five minutes, and he said he was already gone. Before police came, it was just a couple of minutes. He said there was blood around
8: oh. and he just
7: only took two or three minutes.
4: Oh, Mr. Hussain, I am so sorry. And for everyone, for everyone listening, you know, it's so easy to to think, to, to Dr. Jonathan Metzl joining us, um, professor of sociology and medicine, health, and society, professor of psychiatry at Vanderbilt. Dr. Metzl, it's so easy for everyone to think, oh, well, this happened in Albuquerque. Uh, this was a hate crime against a Muslim man. That has nothing to do with me. That's not true. Here we've got this guy who's gone all the way through university with flying colors, got his master's degree. He's working as a city planner in the city planner's office. He just steps outside and bam, somebody shoots him with two weapons. This could happen to anyone. And there is a serial killer attacking males in Albuquerque. We cannot disassociate ourselves from what Mr Hussein and others are suffering.
9: Well I, I agree completely. I mean it's it's just horrific and and unifying and and so deeply, deeply tragic on so many levels. On one hand, I think it's important to note that relatively speaking, Albuquerque has been a a, a relative American success story in terms of welcoming immigrants to the community. They've got a lot of people from Pakistan, Afghanistan, other, other places. And what we see in these stories is the power of that kind of welcoming narrative people come to this country they work hard uh they they give back right they uh, the other victims in this case uh, started um uh companies or were just becoming citizens were giving back in so many different ways and so in a way again we don't know what has happened at, at this at this moment but it does seem like the attack is not just on these four people it's an attack on the idea that people can come here and work hard and contribute and we seen it in Albuquerque before. There was an attempt to burn down a mosque last year. Oh,
4: I'm so glad you reminded me of that, Dr. Metzl. I had not added in the attack on the mosque.
0: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.
1: you can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.
4: Time Stories with Nancy Grace. Joining you right now, in addition to Dr. Metzel and Afzal's brother, Muhammad Hussain, another very special guest, and Angel Salcedo. Joining me, K-O-A-T. I'm going to get right with you because I need to hear your facts. But I want to go to Edward Ahmed Mitchell, National Deputy Director, Council on American Islamic Relations. Mr. Mitchell, um, I think I know what's going on there is someone directing their rage on Muslim men fathers brothers sons I mean everybody in this country is an immigrant almost my ancestors came over broke and starving out of Ireland to make a go of it so The the fact that this hatred is directed to these men, very, very disturbing, Mr. Mitchell.
2: Absolutely, Nancy. You know, look, over the past 10, 20 years, the American Muslim community has had to deal with hate crimes, hate speech, mosques being burned down, Muslim women having their hijabs ripped off. So we're not unaccustomed to dealing with that sort of violence, but what we appear to be seeing In Albuquerque is somewhat unprecedented. The notion that four different Muslim men could be killed over the course of nine months.
4: And right on the street, Mr. Mitchell, I mean, I know you're a lawyer. I don't know if you've practiced criminal law or not, but the MO, modus operandi, method of operation, I mean, they're not even ashamed. They're out shooting these men dead right out on the street. With impunity.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I was a prosecutor before I was a civil rights attorney. And so, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable, uh, Nancy. And what's really unbelievable is the person is still at large at this point. Um, we're, we're happy there's a, a full federal response now. The FBI is working with the local authorities. They're making some progress. Uh, but whoever is doing this has to be stopped. And, and again, we have our suspicions about what the motive is, given that all four men were Muslim of a similar ethnic background, working, living, worshiping in the same area, all just targeted on the street, but we won't know for sure until the person is caught. Whoever they are, what they're doing is evil, and they have got to be stopped. You just
4: said something in my mind very probative, and I want to go to uh, another special guest that I know very well, Paul Zike, former police commander in Albuquerque, um, author of Stop Him From Killing Them on Amazon. Paul, so great to have you with us. Paul, thank you. I fully... Expect we're going to learn that the killer was at or around the funeral of one of the other victims. Because we got one victim at the funeral, leaves the funeral, and then shortly after is murdered. Um,
10: I think that's very reasonable uh, to assume. I mean, um, one of the things that serial killers um, almost always are is very methodical. Um, you know, they, they stalk before they, before they actually take action. Um, the ambush style, um, that these killings have taken place.
4: They're hunting, like they're hunting a deer.
10: Absolutely. It fits right into that category. And I'd also just like to say, Mr. Hussein, um, my heart goes out to you as a fellow, uh, Albuquerque citizen, uh, and a fellow human being and a, um, a member of the law enforcement community. Um, my prayers are with you and your family. Um, I, I, I do agree, Nancy, with everything you're saying. You know, the methodology of these, of these killings, the MO, as you said, modus operandi, um, you know, over the last, these four killings have something very in common. And, um, uh, we've seen this before. Uh, this is, you know, years ago. I mean, this, we had a mass grave site here. I mean, we still do. We have a memorial there where 11 women were found, um, in a mass grave. So this is something that's not completely new to Albuquerque, unfortunately.
4: To you, Angel Salcido joining us, uh, investigative reporter KOAT in Albuquerque. So great to have you on with us, Angel. And I wish we could meet under better circumstances one of these days. But I I can't help but wondering, has there been a ballistics match? I mean, I need you to start at the beginning and go from there. But just right off the top of the bat, We need to connect the killer. I've got no doubt it is the same killer based on the M.O. and the victim's similarities. But can we not trace the weapon? Do we know the weapon?
11: Well, there are so many questions here, uh, Nancy. You would think with the first murder coming last November, that murder was actually connected to what happened on August 1st. Those two were the first two that were connected. It basically started the chain chain. The, the domino effect, if you will, uh, into this investigation. And you would think that there has to be something that connected something that was a year ago, almost a year ago.
4: Barely 10 months.
11: Right. And I think, uh, I think another major question here is why, why aren't law enforcement uh, identifying this as a hate crime? And I think it doesn't take a genius or a rocket scientist to see that this is a highly motivated and a targeted attack. But what, what they're trying to figure out is motivated by what?
4: Hate! Hey, Angel, and another thing, the state doesn't have to prove motive, but you're right, Angel Salcido, because if I can determine motive, which is obviously hate crime, then it may help me identify the killer. I'm going to circle back to you on the most recent development regarding that sixth generation Volkswagen Jetta, charcoal in color, New Mexico plates. I want to figure that out, but the bullets, the bullets, and I find it so evil, and so hateful, back to Muhammad Hussein, the brother of Afzal, the one I've been talking to you about that was working in the community planner's office, but there are three other victims we're going to talk about. It's like twisting the knife because not only does the killer murder another victim, but it's it's like, hey, you go to the funeral mourning one of my victims, I'm going to murder you right after that while you're still grieving one victim i'm going to murder another victim it's it's twisting the knife
7: oh uh, then my brother got shot and he was uh he was known to everyone uh, congresswoman and congressmen men here including our mayor and the uh, governor and people started raising voice. we made a peaceful session uh, in his funeral and raised voice that please my brother will not come back but we want to catch those shooters we do want no other brother sister mom or dad become victim of that i and all city administration of uh, congress Congress people and city of Espera administration police chiefs all were there, but look what happened. at the same night, a guy who attended the funeral got shot. That is something serious. That those who are shooters, they have no deterrence of police. They have no fear that their law enforcement agencies are working here. They have no no fear
4: that uh, someone is going to catch none whatsoever. No fear. No fear, guys. We have been talking to Afzal's brother, Muhammad Imtiaz Hussein. There are three other victims. Take a listen to our friends at today.
5: The latest victim was shot dead Friday. Authorities have yet to name him, but his family identifying him as 25-year-old Naeem Hussein. His brother-in-law telling NBC News Naeem's friends found his body around midnight in a parking lot east of the city.
7: They went approached the vehicle and saw Naeem and they opened the door as soon as they touched him he he slouched over and fell over.
5: And was he shot multiple times?
7: The friends that saw the body they said it was a head shot so I don't know if it was a single shot or if it was multiple shots. Uh,
4: Joining me is a renowned medical examiner for the entire state of Florida Dr. Tim Gallagher. Not only is he a lecturer at University of Florida Medical School, but he is the founder and host of the International Forensic Medicine Death Investigation Conference. Dr. Gallagher, the M.O.s are hard to mistake: headshots, multiple shootings, two weapons in public places.
11: No, you're absolutely right, and you know he, he does make a good point. You know that the killer was there. They were specifically targeted. They were organized. You know, there were two uh, weapons used and uh, they have no fear of reprisal. They have no fear of uh, the law enforcement agency. You know, so these are people who, um, you know, obviously have done this before, obviously have mm-hmm. thought about mm-hmm. it and obviously mm-hmm. are very organized.
4: Take a listen again to our friends from today.
5: Hours before his murder, Naeem had attended the funeral service mourning two of the other murder victims, Mohammed Afzal Hussain and Aftab Hussain, both shot and killed days before in separate attacks.
11: I remember seeing him at the funeral and all I told him was, hey, just look out, be careful.
5: All three were from Pakistan, all with the last name Hussain. Authorities now circling back to see if those murders are in any way linked to the Albuquerque killing of Mohammed Ahmadi in November of last year. Gunned down outside his family's
4: store. Speaking of Mohammed Ahmadi, take a listen to our friends AKOB4.
8: Sharif Ahmadi Hadi owns Ariana Halal Marketing Cafe here at San Mateo and Mountain. He says his brother, Mohammad Zahir Ahmadi, was a wonderful person.
9: Why?
7: Why they are shooting Muslims?
8: Does that make you angry?
7: Of course I'm hungry. I, I don't care. It's not my brother. Why did they kill human beings?
8: Zaheer was killed here November 7th. The suspect didn't even wait until late at night. Officers say they responded at 6.41 p.m.
4: 6.41 p.m. November 7th. was just getting dark. Take a listen to more from our friends at KOB4.
8: Sharif says his brother Zaheer just came outside to smoke a cigarette when an attacker ambushing Zaheer and shooting and killing him, Sharif says he then had to clean his brother's blood off his own sidewalk.
7: And somebody came and shoot him right behind his head.
8: He says nothing inside the shop was touched. This was not a robbery. Why they did this?
4: Was he's against nobody. I'm trying to get that visual out of my head where the brother is literally cleaning the blood off the sidewalk at their meat business. I've listened very carefully what the brother has to say, and he says his own life means nothing to him anymore. To Angel Salcedo joining us from KOAT, the two brothers had come to our country seeking the so-called American dream and had built this business up from scratch. They devoted all their time to the business that they ran together. Right.
11: That, yeah, that's that's correct, Nancy. It, it's hard to imagine, right? I mean, less than one percent of New Mexico is made up of people who identify with with Islam religion, uh, and, to, and just to think that three, four hate crimes, three in the span of two weeks, could—I don't want to say they they are hate crimes, but they could be hate crimes in just the small city of Albuquerque is uh, is just a little bit jarring.
4: No, very curious. I, I want to go to Paul Zike joining us, Foreign police commander in Albuquerque. I was listening to what the brother, uh, Muhammad Zahir Ahmadi said, and he says, quote, came and shot him right behind his head. That sounds like he's referring to a point-blank shooting, which means that part would have had to get out of his car.
10: Yes, that would very strongly infer that. It's also, um, you know, an organized, um, almost gang-style a shooting where somebody is um, firing point blank. There's going to be evidence to support that obviously through forensics. Um, but but for sure that that definitely point a strong picture of the brazenness of these individuals. Daylight, they don't care out in front of the street, they don't care in an alley. everything's got video cameras, they don't care. Um, geographically, uh, the clustering of these locations, Is also something that is very significant. So you take the, you know, the 1% as that was previously stated of, you know, Albuquerque uh, being of Muslim descent on top of the geographical clustering of these events on top of the fact that they're occurring in the same manner, um, you know, multiple weapons. And, and it, it's almost uh, impossible not to draw the conclusion.
4: When you say the geographical clustering of locations, how close together geographically are the shootings?
10: They're in one section of Albuquerque. You know? Ten
4: blocks, five blocks, three blocks. What are we talking about?
10: Some some ten, some five, some, you name it. There, there, there are a little bit of variance in there. But when you look at one area of our city, it's divided into mainly four quadrants. Southeast is, is one of those quadrants. To have all these scenes play out with all the other commonalities, it's almost impossible to excuse the fact that, yeah, these are targeted. It's specific towards a certain in, uh, type of individual, and these folks are out there looking for that, and and they're active.
4: You know, I'm curious, Paul zai and Angel Cecito, if either of you know the answer to this, Angel joining us in KOAT-TV, This is a business area. Where are the surveillance video cams?
11: I'm sure, I'm sure, Nancy, that there are a lot of video sources that aren't yet being released to us during the investigation, just uh, to try not to interfere with that investigation.
4: Well, that's probably where they got the uh, angel, where they got the Volkswagen Jetta idea from. Yes.
11: And just to put this in perspective, Nancy, if you don't mind, uh, police channels, especially here in the Metro Albuquerque police are now encrypting their dispatch traffic to just try and, again safeguard this investigation right you, you you don't know who these suspects are you don't know if they have access to dispatch traffic uh and it, this has become an investigation that is also joined by the federal bureau of investigations so I, i'm sure there is a lot of information a lot of video that will come out in the future that has not been not yet been released to us
4: guys uh, i've told you about Afzal hussein his brother muhammad and diaz hussein is joining us uh the city planner. I've told you about Naeem Hussein. I've told you about Zahir Ahmadi, who started a business, a meat business with his brother, just gunned down on the sidewalk outside the business. But there is also Aftab Hussein. Take a listen to our friends at GMA.
5: Muhammad afsal's family is in mourning after the 27-year-old was found shot to death Monday night near Cornell and Garfield, less than a block from where he lived.
7: Muhammad was my youngest brother, and he was very active, a lively person, and was much involved in community.
5: Offsal's brother, along with his two young nephews, were staying with him at the time of his death. He says around 9 Monday night, Offsal went outside. A couple of hours went by, and afsal was still gone, so his brother called. 911. Police told him his brother was dead. What
4: can you tell me, Angel Cicido, K O A T T V, TV, about Aftab?
11: Well, as it pertains to Aftab, he was killed on July 26th. Uh, he, he also has the last name Hussein, which is uh, definitely jarring considering the last three murders have been Hussein, with different spellings, I should say. Uh, Aftab was spelled with an E-I-N instead of A-I-N.
4: Aftab Hussein's brother has just been photoed crying over his brother's grave after I worked at a local cafe, and he was gunned down on the sidewalk outside of his own home. Take a listen to our friend Madison Connor at CBS.
11: The latest murder victim a young man from south asia shot friday night last monday 27 year old muhammad afzal hussein was gunned down 41 year old Aftab hussein was killed on july 26 both men were muslim and from pakistan in all three cases police say the men were ambushed with no warning authorities are also looking into the november 2021 killing of muhammad ahmadi the fbi now assisting albuquerque police to see if they are all connected There is now a $20,000 reward being offered for information leading to an arrest in this investigation.
0: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products
1: You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.
4: Crime Stories
1: with Nancy Grace.
4: You know, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about the families we are not hearing from. Joining me is Afzal Hussein's brother, Muhammad. Mr. Hussein, tell me what cops are telling you about their investigation.
7: So far, <clears throat> after murder of my brother and uh, the recent murder of Nain San, cops have so far um, revealed picture of a vehicle that is potentially used for in, these, in all these crimes. So, so it, it's a gray Volkswagen Jetta or Passat. So, what are Who are those people? What kind of weapons? They they know that the same kind of. Uh, uh, same kind of uh, uh, bullet shells were were recovered from all these locations which can can create a, a relationship that there is one serial killer or one group who is killing. Other than that, uh, police and FBI didn't tell any other detail that either they have identified any person, either the person who is shooting is as any race, is he Asian or is mm-hmm. white or black or whoever is the person. So far except the vehicle has been identified. No other details have been relieved from APD here, particularly Police Department or FBI.
4: Joining me, Edward Mitchell, the National Deputy Director of Council on American Islamic Relations. Mr. Mitchell, certainly the feds have developed a profile, and let me just guess, it's going to be a white male in the 40s to 50s, who has voiced, in the past, hatred toward Muslim Americans.
2: That's our suspicion. Obviously, we don't know for sure, but all signs currently point in that direction. I mean, the fact that they were all Muslim, all visibly people of color, all killed in that same area, um, you know, it, you, it's hard to imagine what else could be at play other than anti-Muslim bigotry. And if it is anti-Muslim bigotry, but yeah, the profile is, is usually something very clear, as you describe, and there's usually a history of anti-Muslim remarks, often on the Internet. And in fact, right now, Nancy, if you go online, you can find anti-Muslim extremists celebrating these killings uh, in the comment section of, of anti-Muslim websites, praising whoever the killer is, and encouraging them to do more. So this sort of hatred is out there in society, and random Muslims are being victimized. Uh, potentially because of that hatred. Uh, And this is not, I mean, obviously this had a horrific impact on the families of victims, but the entire Albuquerque Muslim community has also been uh, affected by this, right? Afraid to go outside, afraid to go to the mosque. Uh, And so this is something that is really impacting thousands of people uh, because this killer is still at large.
4: You know, you just reminded me of something. Um, I remember when the D.C. snipers were at large, And I would fly in from New York to D.C. at least twice a week to work with Larry King. And people were afraid to even go outside. Everybody was afraid because the victims were a cross-section. There was nobody identifiable, no one group. And I'm just imagining the fear that mothers and fathers are having sending their sons out on the street to go to school, to go to work, to step outside and have a cigarette for Pete's sake. That's what happened in one of these cases. Another issue to Dr. Jonathan Metzl joining us, professor of sociology and professor of psychiatry at Vanderbilt. Dr. Metzl, very often I've seen that the killer covets or hates that which he sees. That makes me wonder if the killer doesn't live or in this area. I mean, hold on. Angel Salcido, this is southeast Albuquerque. Is there a very heavy Muslim concentration there? The
11: most the Muslim population in Albuquerque is yes, around that general area near the University of New Mexico is is where that's concentrated, correct?
4: What does that tell you, Dr. Metzel, about our killer, the identity of the killer?
9: Well, I I've studied mass shootings for the past 15 years and I would say that in cases like this that are so targeted there, there is some backstory. Often, often the backstory is different in a, in every case. I mean, certainly, I think hate is probably almost certainly the right term uh, to use here. Um, this is also a serial killer. It's a different kind of serial killer, right? Than, you know, somebody who locks people in the basement. This is a serial killer, who obviously, also knows weaponry very well, um, and, and is. And is using high capacity, uh, you know, um, modern weapons in a way to to it's kind of a, a sniper plus a mass shooting plus a serial killing, all kind of mixed in together. And I agree with the other uh, the other um, experts here that the level of organization is is very high. Could Which, you
4: describe what you mean by that?
9: Well, just the, the the level of planning, the level of obviously research. I mean, this is somebody who is targeting people coming from funerals or targeting people from the last name which suggests some kind of registry and so there's some kind of methodical nature I think that that kind of suggests what's happening here Um, but again having studied this for a long time you know there was a shooter recently who was targeting the homeless population in, in the East Coast. There was. There's obviously a lot of anti-Asian shoot uh, violence right now, and so the story often is. There's. I agree with you. There's something in this person's background that's gonna that's gonna light up, um, but we're not gonna know what it is until we we, we catch this this killer.
10: You know, Nancy. Uh, just to piggyback off of that, looking at the groupings, um, you know, it's very close to I-40, which is a, a huge. Um, freeway that comes through through our city and intersects with I-25 and the entire grouping is just to the southeast of that those intersections where they come together Um, and they're along major thoroughfares so yes the grouping is is super important for us but the accessibility in Mm -hmm. and out quickly into that geographical area
4: yeah they hop on the interstate in 10 minutes they're gone which leads me to red light cams, any toll cams, video. I, I, and I also don't understand if they can get a video of the VW, why can't they enhance it and get a, a, a line on the driver?
10: Or, or even the license plate, right? I mean, here in New Mexico, you don't have uh, plates on the front. It's only on the back. So that kind of limits things a little bit. Um, uh, and, and, and as far as the, the person itself... A lot of these cameras that are attached to buildings are low resolution. They're they're really not enhanced, but we do have Department of Transportation cameras that all tie into one real-time crime center where this information can be piped in, and and that's all happening real-time.
4: Take a listen to our friend Ariana Kraft at KRQE.
5: Police on Sunday said they have identified this vehicle of interest and officials, including Albuquerque's mayor, are pledging increased patrols around mosques. Among those living in fear of further attacks is Muhammad Imtaz Hussein, the brother of victim
6: Muhammad Afzal
5: Hussein.
7: It's painful. We're in shock. We cannot go out of our house. My kids, whenever I step out of my room, they start crying. We didn't have any fear. Now it is super painful.
4: With me, uh, Imtiaz Hussein, this is Afzal's brother. What do you mean your children start crying when you leave the house? Yeah, it's very difficult when
7: I go outside of my house. They, they run after me and say, where are you going? I can stand in my balcony and I can go out just if I forgot something in my car. I said, let me go pick. They said, no, don't go there. And all the time they look around windows that if something can happen from there. And I have a little little, little daughter. We didn't tell her. She's just five. And she said, hey, why you cry all the time? Where is are our uncle. But then, why you start crying? Are you cry, baby? So, I don't know what to tell her. So, this is very fearful. Not only me or us, in, in particular, the whole entire Muslim community who live around here. Many of them they didn't go to work for the last couple of days, they didn't go for groceries. Now, they have canceled their meetings, their gatherings. They're not going for a walk, they're just staying home, and no one is coming out in
4: nighttime. The tip line. 505-843-STOP 505-843-7867 There is a $30,000 reward now for anyone that can help solve these murders. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.
1: You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.